What is the difference between regret and repentance? And how should that cause us to live each and every day? It is important that we don't confuse the terms regret and repentance. They are not equivalent. Regret circles back around and reconvicts and is a tool of Satan. It causes us to fall down and wallow in our sinful selves. Repentance is restorative and a life-giving tool of our Heavenly Father. It causes us to undergo a change of heart and mind and hence a change in direction. and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Today, actually, it is a crisp fall day here in Northwest Ohio. Um, I think it was 57. I went on a walk this morning with two of my good friends and uh, was a great, we we all had the day off from work and we all decided it was a good day to go for a half hour walk. And I was really excited about it. One of our things we talked about was how we are called by God to be drawn to him. And we talked about this verse from Hebrews. I wanted to share that with you. Hebrews 2 verses 1 said, Therefore, we must pay attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And we had this great conversation about drifting. And I'm not talking actually about being in a boat and drifting, but I'm talking about drifting away from the Lord. And uh, we were talking about all the ways that God has blessed us and given us ways to stay connected to Him and anchored to Him. So, so maybe today you're feeling like you're drifting. You're not really connected anymore to God, or maybe you feel like you're drifting away. So I want to remind you of some things that every Christian should have in their life every single week. So really, we should be reading the Bible every day. It's a great way to stay from drifting. And your Sunday morning worship time in your local church is such an important, powerful part of keeping. It's like my anchor in the week. I've done that for years growing up. That's all we did was go to church on Sunday. And it was such an important part. And then, I don't know about your church, but our church has Bible studies, small groups. All of those things help us stay from drifting because they just keep us close. They keep us reminding. And one more thing that it is really helpful is a podcast. To listen to a podcast, it can help you stay from drifting. So I want to encourage you today that if you are feeling like you're far from God, to start going to those things. Be diligent to church to go on Sunday morning. Read the Bible every day. You don't. It doesn't matter when you read the Bible. Just read and make sure you're listening to good things. And there are a lot of good podcasts. In fact, I want to tell you about two additional podcasts that might be interesting to you and you might like to listen to. One of them is a podcast that we do here at Christ the Word, and it is um, through our church. Uh, We have all of our sermons, and it's called Christ the Word Church Weekly Sermons. And you can find that on Apple um, Podcasts and other podcast uh, platforms. Um, It's just our sermons, but they're really good. This is a great way to get good content throughout the week. Um, And actually, this past Sunday, our, our pastor, Pastor Nathan, started a sermon on Acts which I think is going to last a long time. <laughs> but I love Acts because I love history, so I'm really looking forward to it. And you can listen along with us. We also have our Sunday school classes, which are called Truth and Life, and they are just really, really good. Um, kind of this, they're just good for us to, to think and walk through. And we're actually learning all about last year. Oh, they're just great topics. So if you want some good 
podcast to listen to, head over to Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and subscribe to Truth in Life, Christ the Word Church, and Christ the Word Church's weekly sermons. And I'll put those in the show notes for us. All right. Well, we're ready to get started on this episode today, so I'm glad that you are all joining us. Today is our 10th installment of our special series we've been doing this year year called Feminology, and our focus is emotions. And we've taken time each month to talk about a different emotion. These are dropping the first Thursday of each month, and we've touched on a lot of emotions this past year, like anger and bitterness and you know love, all kinds of things, good, bad, what's good and bad in them. We've looked at all the sides. And today we're going to be doing that again because it is our episode all about it. I'm going to introduce to you my friend and my guest who's actually been on our podcast before, Michelle Holder. Hey, friend. Um, I'm glad to be part of this. Thanks Good. for having me today. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. It's um, You were on it with me about a year ago or so. I think that was episode 114. And um, it was dealing with chronic issues. So I, if you are listening today and you are thinking, hey, I struggle with something chronic and I don't know what to do with this, right? Head over and listen to episode 114 because Michelle would have some has some really great things to say on it. Do you still have your chronic issues? I do. They're do they? Mine. They're mine. Forever. They're yours forever. <laughs> I was going to say they probably don't go Not away. Going away. And you know what? That um, in itself is somewhat of an encouragement that you've sort of become content. I'm not saying that they're fun. No, no. God, God is sovereign. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, Michelle. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do all day and who you live with. Well, my primary job is keeper of the holder home. Okay. I also work outside the home as a pharmacist. Okay. Um, I live with my husband of almost 28 years, Kevin. Yay, congratulations. Oh. What's your What's your anniversary? Thanks. January. Oh, you got married in the winter. Well, we got married in Memphis, Tennessee, oh. where summers are very it, hot. It was not winter then. Okay. So, well, it was. It was. It did sprinkle some snow that day. Oh, it did. But what was, was the temperature? Um, Like about? Probably high 30s, low oh. 40s. Okay. But. I was not going to get married in Memphis in the summertime. Okay, I see, because it would be like 90. 100, yeah. with 100% humidity. There's just no way. Yeah, my hair, boy, that would be interesting pictures. My hair would be going everywhere. (laughs) Just a big fuzzball on my head. (laughs) It's like that, yes. (laughs) Um, I live with, right now our 17-year-old lives at home with us. Okay. She's a senior this year, my baby. Yay, wow. And then a couple of the others rotate sort of in and out. (laughs) Rotate. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we have an open door policy. We yeah. have all girls, so it you know we need yeah. to be able to be there. Yeah, and have an open door for them. Well, they can like fly like a kangaroo. They can hop away and then hop back when they, they need to. Yeah, they do indeed. We have some pets, which is kind of fun, and then we're also foster parents. So right now we have nice. the sweetest baby girl. She's eight months old. Aww. She just brings joy to to everyone. How long have you been a foster parent? About. Seven or eight years. Okay. Is it super easy and fun all the time? Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> okay, so. It's been some of life's greatest challenges. It uh, brings back to light sins you thought you had dealt with completely. Mm. And wow. you realize that all you really did was stuff them under the carpet. Mm. So it's been rewarding, yeah. sanctifying, yeah, good things, but not easy things. Yeah. Well, and, um, I mean, that's parenting. Right. Oh, so. Whether you're parenting your own personal biological children, your adoptive children, or foster parenting, it's good for us. It is right? good for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, Michelle, we are here. Did you finish all of that? Mm. You got everything. You told I about did. everybody? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, Michelle, we are here in October, and that makes me think of stews and soups and 
warm bread with butter on it, <laughs> um, all that comfort food. So what is your favorite comfort food? Well, that's funny because that's exactly it. <laughs> Perfect. I love soups of all kinds, creamy soups, brothy soups, roasted vegetables, mm. all the stuff. And if you add warm bread and butter to it, it's... Mm -hmm. Perfection. Yeah. yeah, actually, um, I just want to tell this story that this summer I was growing some, I have some lavender plants mm. in my, in my, um, just in my regular yard. Like they're, they, I planted them there, but they are really doing well. They're like, they started at like maybe six inches in diameter and now they are like three feet and I'm not even teasing you. And so I had all this lavender and a friend of mine said, I would love some of that lavender. And I wasn't even thinking about using it. And she said, I'd love some of that. I said, okay, great. You know, you can have it. And she goes, I'll trade you bread because her husband makes sourdough bread. <laughs> and I said, yes. You won that one. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm like, you come on, you can cut all you want. Just give me bread. So. Oh, you won that one yes, for sure. Yeah. All right, Michelle, I always ask uh, women who come on the podcast about different things that relate to how we can grow in Christ and be a stronger Christian or grow in our in our disciplines of Christ. So one of the things I love to ask is about re Bible reading habits because sometimes it's hard to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, so um, where and when do you read the Bible every day? And are there resources that you love that have helped you in this process? Absolutely. Um, I might be a little different than a lot of people because I don't have a specific time okay. every day that I read. And that's because we do have foster children in and out of the house. Mm. I have my own children in and out of the house. I sometimes work. So my day never looks exactly the same. But I have rules. Oh. So my rule to myself is that before I listen to even a good podcast. Okay. That's or okay. Anything like that, I have to have been in God's word mm. for the day. Mm -hmm. And I find that having my Bible app on my phone is really helpful. Yeah. Because I can do that in the car waiting in line for something. Yep. I can do that in 15 minutes I might have at work. I can do that, you know, wherever. Right, right. Seriously, and wherever. Seriously, yeah. wherever. And also to have a plan, mm -hmm. to not be one of those... Well, I'm just going to open up to wherever today and read. Right. You need to have a good plan. Yeah. And I also really like being a part of accountability groups. Okay. Tell us what that means. What do you mean by accountability groups? So a group of ladies will agree to hold each other accountable to read ah, the Bible. Nice. And generally we text. Back in the old days, it was email. Yes. I remember that. But now that. we text. <laughs> and you just, when you've read what's part of your plan for the day, you just text and tell what you've read. Yep. And if you want to add some thoughts, you can do that, but you don't have to. Right. But it just makes you aware right. of when you've not done yours yet for yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think I think those are great. I love that you I'm a I'm an early morning Bible reader mm -hmm. every single day of my life. That's just how it works for me. And if I don't, I have a hard time getting it in. Mm. But I like how you get you know, this is the beauty of reading your Bible. There is no there's no verse in the Bible that said everybody has to read at six AM. Well, right. And when we try to live someone else's life, it often right. doesn't. Right. So there could be people listening today who have thought, oh, I can't get up. I don't get up in the morning on time. Or I run out. I'm rushing out or I have to leave really early. Well, do the Michelle Holder method. Okay. We're going to call it the Michelle Holder method from now on. Okay. And find a time. And I like this, this little um, piece of discipline you threw in there that you don't do something um, before you read your Bible. Like you're not watching videos. Maybe you're not even watching videos, but <laughs> you're not listening to good podcasts. You're not, you know, even though they're good and helpful, it's good to just read God's word first. Right. That's a great, that's a great thing. 
Um, I love that. Um, okay, so Michelle, you're here, not just to talk about soup and stew, right? <laughs> and, and yummy bread, although that was fun and it makes me hungry for lunch now. So <laughs> um, anyway, you're here to talk a little bit about an emotion that we might feel throughout our lives. Um, probably everybody has felt this emotion at different points. Um, your topic is regret. And I'm looking forward to hearing about this topic because I think it's very easy for women, me included, to kind of hang out or camp out in regret. We sort of like, I don't know, pitch a tent and we all of a sudden are camping out there and we're building fires and we're spending all of our time thinking about what could have been, what should have been. So I am so looking forward to hearing some really practical and good direction on this topic of regret. So Michelle, let's hear it. All right. So when I started thinking about regret, I one of the first things that came to mind was wondering if we think about it in a similar fashion to the concept of bitterness. You know, maybe we give credence to the fact that it exists and maybe we have a quick interaction with it, but we deny that we could possibly camp out in it, that it mm. could command any aspect of our lives. So, of course, in preparation for this, I've been thinking about the role that regret has had in my life. And I concluded that it, in fact, has been something very real that I've had to deal with. At times, it's only been a fleeting issue, but at other times, it has really caused an avalanche of sin to occur in my life. Like the other emotions that we've examined on this podcast, regret does have a benefit. When properly treated, regret can cause us to change our thinking and hence cause us to make more positive choices. Mm. But when we handle it inappropriately, it can literally bury us in every negative emotion out there. It really becomes a, a collection, so to speak, of the very worst part of our emotional self. And it can cause um, great sin to run rampant and rule over various parts of our lives. Also, I think it's very important to recognize that not only do regrets affect us on a personal level, but they can bring others into a very tangled web of bitterness. Hmm. They can cause others to be angry, sorrowful, and they can potentially cause a great divide in our relationships. But most importantly, regret can negatively affect our relationship with God. Hmm. So let's get started with the academics of regret. It is both a noun and a verb that in the present-day dictionary is defined as feeling sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a lost or missed opportunity. Now, I really want us to take notice of the word repentant in that definition I just gave. That is going to be a very important piece of the puzzle as we continue. In fact, if we go back to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which, if you don't know, you probably know, Julie, that this tends to give a biblical perspective to the definition mm. of words, mm -hmm. which I really like. And you can get a free app. You can get a free app. So we see the additions in this definition as pain of conscience, or remorse as a passionate regret of sin. Now, based on this definition, we see that regret is not a subject to be treated flippantly. It really involves more than a simple missed opportunity. So even so, if you were to ask modern-day general public, the use of the word regret simply means to live life large with no regrets. In general, it's taken to mean do it all and be okay with it. Don't let anything that you want to do be left undone. Lucille Ball said, I'd rather regret the things I've done than regret the things I haven't done. Hmm. 
obviously her attitude toward regret was a little flippant. It seemingly caused her no real distress. I'm really not sure if that's good or bad, but most likely I would say it's probably bad because she was no doubt not without sin. But her measuring stick was most likely different than yours or mine. (laughs) Conversely, C.S. Lewis saw it differently when he said, has this world been so kind to you that you should leave with regret? There are better things ahead than we leave behind. Lewis was referring to the kingdom of God and his promise of heaven for his children. And that is how we should frame our concept of regret. Don't forge ahead in life with abandon, but rather seek the will of God. And when we fail, which we will, take it to him that he might forgive us, freeing us to move forward to continue his work. Modern day psychologists are beginning to return to the concept that regret is potentially harmful defining it as a negative emotion predicated on an upward, self-focused, counterfactual inference. God isn't part of this definition, but when paralleling this to the Christian truth, regret involves believing lies and wallowing in them. We are called in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There is no room for regret in this verse. Wallowing in regret can often be the spark that ignites anxiety and depression. Now, it's important for me to say here that there are medical causes for mental health issues that I'm not dismissing, but it is also helpful in all cases to examine our thoughts and emotions when dealing with such issues. Mm -hmm, For sure. Looking to God's word for thoughts on regret, we can look to the Apostle Paul for sure. If you will remember... He did some pretty rotten things to the followers of Christ. After he realized these actions of sin, did he despair and wallow in regret? No. Although he would go on to call himself the least of all saints in Ephesians 3.8 and the worst of all sinners in 1 Timothy 1.15, he understood repentance and the gift of salvation that had been afforded to him by Christ and went about God's work and shared the truths of sin and repentance. In 2 Corinthians 7.10, he tells us, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Hmm. Bringing our regrets to God, particularly those that involve sin, allows us to receive the gift of salvation, healing, and wholeness. Let's think for a minute about the range of regret I mentioned at the beginning. Does all regret involve sin? No, I wouldn't say so. I wish I wouldn't have eaten that cupcake with no continued rumination about eating sugar, your weight, what others think of you, is not sinful. But if you were to dwell on the subject, adding additional negative thoughts, or perhaps eating the extra cupcake every day, you could be led down a path of sorrow, obsession, anger, and other emotions that take your eyes off God. Often, though, our regrets are not that simple. They aren't like eating an extra cupcake. For the Christian, they involve not moving when God calls us to move. They involve directly sinning against God in deed, word, and thought. If something that you did 10 years ago plagues your thoughts, even if only on occasion, you have a regret problem. If you think about it, rarely would you consider today's eating an extra cupcake 10 years from now. So if there's something plaguing your thoughts with sorrow, despair, or another negative emotion, what is it? 
How is it affecting your life? Why is it affecting your life still? And what do you need to do? We've all done things in our past that we likely aren't proud of. I know that I have. For me, some of the regrets that I had the most difficult time with occurred during my college life. I would have said that I knew God and loved Jesus, but I certainly didn't understand the power that existed in that relationship. I didn't fully understand having a desire to live for God. And before I understood repentance and forgiveness, some of these events really haunted me. I had done some things that broke God's heart. They broke my heart because I knew they were not pleasing to God. So now, in 2023, why am I not consumed by the memories of these things? Why do I not live in bitterness or deep regret because of my actions? There were consequences that changed my life greatly as a result of my actions. So why don't I bemoan these things? Because I've repented before Christ for the sins I committed. And I know that I'm forgiven. Did that happen overnight? No. As with most things in the Christian life, I'm a work in progress. (laughs) Does Satan try to come back around and reconvict me? Yes, he has. But now I know and understand God and his mercy. At low times in my life, Satan will try to remind me of the things I did and the consequences I suffered from those actions. It's important to remember that being forgiven doesn't mean that we're not disciplined. 1 John 1.9 tells us, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice it doesn't say some unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. It also doesn't say that God has put any other conditions on it or that he will take it back. Forgiveness is a real gift from God to those who will ask for it, those he calls his children. We are to learn from it and seek God in making better choices thereafter, not be consumed with regret and all of its negative friends. Going back to God's word, there are other very important examples. Those that did things we would think unforgivable. We would perhaps presume that these people would wallow in regret and not be able to be used by God. But in fact, that isn't the case. Think about King David and his multitude of sins. Yet he is called a man after God's own heart. He repented and sought the forgiveness of God and lived a life committed to kingdom work. He loved God and wanted to serve him, but he also was a man who was born under original sin. The crux is that he was humbled before his heavenly father. And because of this, we continue to hold him in esteem as very important to the kingdom. And then we can think of Peter. In Mark 14, 30, Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times before those seeking to do him harm. Peter denied that he could ever do that or that he would do that. But of course, we know he did. (laughs) When attempting to walk on water then, later, Peter lost faith and sank. Yet we don't find Peter wallowing in this. And nor was he used as a negative example. He was and is used greatly in God's work. In fact, Jesus called him the rock on which the church would be built. Peter had been forgiven and restored by Jesus. We should be greatly encouraged by this. Both men represent us in their successes and failures, in their repentance and restoration, in their stake in the kingdom of God. So perhaps you don't think you live a life with regret. 
Yet there are times when you feel unstable or insignificant or perhaps like you failed. Times when you have felt that you lack purpose. Do you ever ask yourself, why am I even here? Perhaps you were buried in the negative emotions spurred on by regret. Something you failed to do. Something you did that did not please your Heavenly Father. These emotions don't necessarily have to be constant. But when we're down, challenged, or low, they may come back to the forefront of our minds because we haven't appropriately dealt with them. We haven't taken them to God. Part of not living in the burden of regret is understanding who God is. Take time to look at his attributes. His sovereignty must be acknowledged. God isn't surprised by our sin. He doesn't make us sin, but he knows that we will. So he designed it so that coming to him in repentance builds our relationship with him. We can trust him. We must trust him if we are to even hope to live in his will and work to further his kingdom. So what are we to do with all this? We need to examine ourselves and our emotions on a regular basis and be honest about unrepentant sin. It is important that we don't confuse the terms regret and repentance. They are not equivalent. Regret circles back around and reconvicts and is a tool of Satan. It causes us to fall down and wallow in our sinful selves. Repentance is restorative and a life-giving tool of our Heavenly Father. It causes us to undergo a change of heart and mind and hence a change in direction. We will be moving to be more Christ-like. If you don't see change, you likely haven't repented. Remember, we are to take every thought captive. That is the tool against Satan's reconviction. We must understand that none of this is possible on our own. Only by seeking God can we hope to move forward without regret. We have been commissioned in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And after that charge, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God wants good for us, and he will provide. We must focus on him to see this. We must be obedient to his word. The things we could have, should have, or shouldn't have should be forgotten. According to Philippians 3, 13, and 14, we are to be like Paul forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, hmm. pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow. You know, Michelle, one of the things I loved about what you shared is the fact that you talked about these normal, natural people in the Bible. So you talked about Paul, David, Peter, right? Those three? Mm-hmm. And how they had some legitimate things they could live in regret about. Mm-hmm. And I love that our Bible, the Bible, does not have perfect people. Right. You know, they're normal. So it gives us a pattern. And I, I also love that you directed us to direct our heart and attention to God, right? To think about God and, you know, to not, to not focus on us and our regret, but to focus on God and his attributes, which I think is a really helpful step is to take a look at God's attributes daily in our life. So, Michelle, how do you practically look at God's attributes throughout your day? Do you have, like, an app you use, or do you just try to, like, come up with them in your brain? Like, what do you do? Well, there are lots of places to find them. You know, you can get them online. There are 
graphics that have been made that you can hang on yeah. your wall. There are we have a beautiful bookmark we were given last year in our Bible studies here at our church, which I lost, but got another one. Oh no! <laughs> so, also, I try to look around, and every time I see something that I find amazing, I try to pin an attribute of God hmm. to it. One example: my daughter and I, when I still had to drive her to school, which I don't anymore. Yay! Yeah, yay like for that. girls who get driver's license right, right on, there. Right yeah. On, sister. <laughs> There would be this field that we would pass. We called it our prayer field, and we would pray there every day, but we would also look at the sun coming up mm. and the different colors mm, and so then pretty. the trees and the different seasons and the different colors. And God could have made a black and white world, mm-hmm. but he's good, mm-hmm. and he wanted good things for us. Yep. So when you see something, pin an attribute to it. Yeah. You well, know, that's the same forgiveness. as... Forgiveness. Yes, yes. Well, I was going to say with the good, that's the same as when we eat that really good piece of bread like we talked about at the beginning right? with butter on it, slathered on it and Mm -hmm. hot and dripping down the side. Mm -hmm. That is actually in many ways God's goodness to us to give us the, all the different kinds of fruits and vegetables, you know, Mm -hmm. to make soup and different kinds of things, you know, like that's actually good. That's good. Right. (laughs) It is. It's marvelous. I mean, life could Mm -hmm. be, life could be very different if you think about it, Yeah. but for God's goodness. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah. Okay, so Michelle, if you had a favorite attribute of God right now, <laughs> what would your favorite attribute be? Okay, now that's just kind of dumb because all of God's attributes should be our favorites, right? But what is one right now that has been most helpful um, to you at this stage in your life? Well, at the beginning of this, we talked about the talk I had given regarding my chronic illness. Yes, yes. And I have just over the past almost 40 years now that I've had this, I have to rest in his sovereignty mm-hmm. to know that his plan, although I might wish it different, right, is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. It's what causes me to look to him. It's what causes all the other things in my life to fall mm-hmm. into place. So his sovereignty is really where I land right now. Mm-hmm. Although his goodness, you know, the colors and the beauty mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. around me. So that's what I would say. Yeah, we um, actually on the podcast have been doing a little series and it is called God Is. And we have are talking about God's attributes mm-hmm. because I think it's an important thing to think about. For sure. So we had a few weeks ago, Jackie Long talked about how God is gracious. And that was helpful because I had not really thought about it. I thought, wow, let's see what she says on this. And it was helpful because she talked about his graciousness to us that we really deserve hell. Mm. And we actually, in his graciousness, he gives us life. And we're going to have bumps in the road, but mm-hmm. that is actually just like what you said, draws us to him. Mm-hmm. And even in regret, it actually can draw us to God when we tie it hand in hand with repentance. Right. Yeah. That's really helpful. Good. Thank you, Michelle, so much. Would you pray for us today? I would. I would. Lord, you are good. You are merciful and forgiving, and we are grateful. Thank you that we can lay our sins at the feet of Jesus and know forgiveness that we can move forward in confidence, that we are loved, cared for, forgiven, that in your sovereignty you have a plan for us that is good for us and brings you glory. Please be with the women who are hearing this podcast and give them this confidence. Reveal yourself to those who may not know you, bringing them to repentance and faith. We love you, Father. We lift this in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's time for the tiny tidbits. 
A tiny tidbit is a small piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Lydia Klipsky. Lydia, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here, Julie. All right. And Lydia, I think what you're going to tell us in the tiny tidbit is about something that I don't know anything about. Okay. So this is good for me. I think it's about one of your favorite hobbies. Yes. Okay. So what do you got for us? Um, my favorite hobby is sewing. Yes, I know nothing about that. <laughs> My mother tried to teach me, but anyway. Okay, you teach me. So a few years ago, I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas. Costco had one on sale. Mark nice. got one for me. Um, and I really wanted to make quilts. Oh, And so okay. I started right. quilting. And from quilts, I've done dresses and made vests and pants and outfits. Okay. Mainly so, for my kids. Lots so. of clothes, things that your kids would enjoy or you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, do you make things for yourself? I have not. Not yet. Okay. All right. Cool. It's the plan one day. Okay. But now hold on because, um, you know, you're kind of a busy mom. How many kids do you have? Four. Okay. So that leads me to how do you do this? <laughs> well, I honestly, I just sit down and do it when I have the desire to. And okay. fitting that in with the kids they just kind of do their own thing a lot of time. So I have a six, five, four, and two-year-old. And oftentimes when I'm sewing, my kids will go, will either play by themselves quietly or not quietly, or (laughs) they will. Yeah, that's true. I don't mean about your kids. I just mean kids in general. (laughs) Or they'll join me in my sewing room and they'll just kind of find something to do in there they'll bring in coloring things they'll bring in books or just play with random things that are in there okay so like it's my sewing room currently is in my guest bedroom okay and there's obviously a bed in there and they like to pretend to sleep or play whatever and i just sew while they're there and i think a lot of things that have helped with that is that our old house was really tiny we had this random walkway room with the stove the wood stove yes and we made that into a playroom. And then when I got my machine, we actually got a free table. I put it in a corner. Okay. And that's where I had my sewing stuff so set up. So it was up. kind of all, always set up. Mm-hmm. It okay. was always set up. And that's one thing that I found really helpful with my desire to sew is to have a table or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be big. Just this tiny place to where your machine can always be set up. Right. You have drawers underneath or something that have a few things in it. Right. It's all right there makes you it go to it it makes it so much easier mm-hmm. to actually sew yeah um and because we lived in a house in between our ch- the house we currently bought and our first house we lived at the cornwell's old house because um, we had a few months of time where we needed to find a house and okay. buy one okay and they had actually just sold no they had actually just bought their house and we um, and moved into it and their house was going to be vacant. They wanted to fix it up before they sold it. So it worked out in God's timing that we were able to move in the day right. after they moved out. Right. Perfect. We were there for a couple months, found our new house, bought it, moved in, all right. that. Okay. Um, so we and knew. did you sew through all of that? No. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's the point <laughs> I'm okay. trying to get to. <laughs> we, um, we knew it was going to be a short stay. Yeah. So we didn't want to unpack everything. Right. So we had a storage unit that had a lot of things in it, but then like all my sewing stuff was in a back room, easily accessible and things, but just the thought of having to get it out, put it on a table, pack it all up and put it away before dinner was just 
I had no desire to do it. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I found to be really helpful is just have a tiny spot somewhere where you can have your hobby set up, your sewing, right. whatever, to just be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and another thing um, is when my kids are around and are playing around me or playing somewhere else is to sew things that I call easy things. Okay. All right. So quilting for me is an easy thing because there's lots of stops. Okay. It's pretty simple once you know what you're doing. I feel like things are squares. That's <laughs> a lot of squares and a lot of straight lines sewing. Yeah. So it's really easy to just take a pause if I need to go do something or ah. whatever. And then um, another thing is, is like a pattern. I don't like doing a lot of different patterns for clothes. Okay. I like to just do the same one. So okay. like for the girls' dresses, I have done the same pattern every year. And you just change the fabric. I change the fabric. I tweak it. It can be short sleeve, long sleeve. Oh, like cool. You can make okay. different adjustments to it. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I like to do while they're um, awake and around. Yeah. Now when Mark is home or on weekends or whatever, um, or nap time or bedtime is when I like to do things that I've never done before. More elaborate. Things that are harder. Um, yeah. Also like cutting, cutting fabric out. Um, is an easy thing to do because you kind of already know what you're right. supposed to be doing. Right, right, right. So I tend to like do those things when they are around so that it's, I can stop. It's not quite as thought process. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what I like to do in well, the Well, it's very interesting as I heard you talk because I think what I heard is that your kids are just a part of this. They may not be actually sewing. But instead of saying, oh, this is mom's sewing room, you can't come in here, it's like, okay, join us in here. And maybe as your kids grow up, I mean, maybe they can, they'll learn to sew mm -hmm. along with you because yeah. they'll see it as a natural thing. Yeah. Um, I think when, when I think of sewing, my mom was a lot like that. She sewed a lot. Um, and because of that, I remember it, it was on our table all the time, yeah. her sewing machine. And it's like really old, by the way. She's got a new one now, but it was very cool. And she would sew lots of things, and it was just a part of it. My dad always did, found every pin or needle that fell in the carpet, though, I will say, with his foot. So. <laughs> yes. No, I. It's that's one of the nice things about being up in the one room is things fall, and it's over in a corner. Yeah. And usually, I'll find it when I end up sweeping or something. Right. And right. And it's all over there. And I love that you just process through it and do what you can do in whatever time you have, rather than think, I have to complete this whole project in this next two hours. Instead, yeah. I'm going to cut this today, and tomorrow I'll do this. Or it also, it also a lot depends on how I feel. I mean, yeah. I've had four kids. I'm pregnant with my fifth. So yes. there are days where I don't feel well, and there are days yep. where I'm like, oh, I want to sew. So I do a little bit, and then I'm done. Yep. And I don't really like projects that have a time frame yeah. for that reason, because yeah. I like to be able to just be like, okay, I'm going to be done for today and move on to the next one. Yep, and you'll get there. Uh, oh, yeah. Eventually. And eventually huh? it comes. Yeah. Well, what great principles for somebody who has any kind of a hobby they want is with little children is to just do what you can do. Maybe have a spot, right, where you mm -hmm. could leave it up because mm -hmm. that makes it more easy. And then do, I love your idea of just keep doing the same pattern, you know. I, I like to watercolor, so I'll watercolor cards mm -hmm. because they're practical and easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's the same thing. So that's good. Good. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. You're welcome.
Michelle, so much for coming on. It was great to spend time with you today. And um, I hope that we can get together and have soup and bread. Yes, please. <laughs> That's what I say. Um, it's actually funny to me how all these emotions actually are really going together. Because, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about bitterness. And that is tied in with regret. And a few months ago. Best we, friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we talked about resentment which also can be, they're like, you know, I call them twin sister sins, mm -hmm. but I like best friend sins, the same thing. And um, so get, get ready because we have two more coming. Two more episodes on this topic of, um, well, on the topics of emotions. We're going to be talking in November on the topic of anxiety and what mm -hmm. to do with it. And we're going to be talking in December about joy, which often we think of as a really positive, like we have, we just have each word has, each emotion has a connotation with it, right? right. But I think we're going to think about all the different sides of it and like when we're not being joyful too. So be sure you stay tuned for those ones. For sure. And next week, we're going to be listening to a perfect episode to follow this one because we're going to be listening to one of our episodes that we're calling God Is. So um, that's how we start each one of these. And this particular one is an attribute of God. We listened to the one about um, that God is gracious a few months ago with Jackie Long. And we are going to be listening next week to God is faithful. How perfect that these coincide because if you are not familiar with God's attributes, you've never thought about them or studied them, these are a great way to live what Michelle is talking about today in getting our eyes on God and getting our eyes off of what happened in our life, right? And in the past. Um, and it's good because I know I need it. You know, it's easy to say God is faithful, God is gracious, but we actually have to think about what does that really mean? So we're going to take a look at that next week in that episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean. You can even listen to us on Spotify. Um, and follow or like us on our Facebook or Instagram at Women of the Word CTW. We have a lot of great content on this platform. So go follow or like that today. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. <laughs>